0: Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Good morning, family. Whether you're joining us locally, around the city, around the state, across the country, or from around the world... We want to, once again, wish you a very blessed and happy new year, 2023. I love the number three because it is a number of completion. And of course, it is the number of the Godhead. Our theme this year, and you're going to see it throughout our calendar, all of our printed materials, the messages that are being prepared, is revival and renewal. And they're about the same thing. So I'm using those two words interchangeably. Pastor Jamal and the team are already at work preparing that theme to run throughout everything that we do this year. And coming out of COVID, even though there's been a tridemic, uh, but still coming out of the impact, the global impact of disease, the shutting down of systems and structures, the straining of systems and structures. The realization that many of those systems and structures were weak and and, and failed us. The shutting down of our daily life in every aspect, even spiritually. The closing of churches around the country and around the world. People not gathering in a way that goes contrary, against the grain of God's declaration that it's not good for man, not just a man and woman, but man, humanity, to be alone. We are social beings. So, we are coming out of some three years of incredible disruption of our, of our way of life, no matter where you are in the world, no matter where you are on this planet. Our way of life was seriously disrupted. Some people flourished during the three and a half years or three years of the pandemic, and some unfortunately failed. There, was, there were children being born, and unfortunately there were individuals who transitioned into the next stage of existence. But at the end of all of these things, there's a consistent pattern throughout history That disruption and crisis is always followed by revival and renewal. We as believers, we believe that God is providentially involved in human history. And that means he's sustaining human history. He's guiding human history towards a specific end. And he's also providing for human history. And the ultimate theme of scripture is... Human flourishing. Everything that God made, everything that he put into the earth, into this world, is foundational for human flourishing. And even though it was, dis- was dis- disrupted by sin, the whole work of redemption is to get us back in relationship with God, get us back on track, restore earth to its place of flourishing. So renewal, revival... It's taking time to re-examine our lives in every way. Renewal and revival is a reawakening of passion, fervor, and creativity towards purpose. And we must live life on purpose. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to review some of the things that you've heard if you've been attending CCC for um, more than a few years. But this whole idea of of seasonal renewal, cyclical renewal of the earth, those are the cycles of seasons uh, that we experience every year, annually. Moving from from, seed time to harvest time to winter and then spring and summer it all goes around and that's how god ordered the universe that's how he ordered the earth i want to look at a passage of scripture in the gospel of john chapter 15 and talk about what jesus said in instructing his disciples in that upper room Verse 15, I'm sorry, actually, uh, chapter 15, verse 1, it opens with these words, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Understand, this is a conversation, personal, intimate conversation that he's happening with his disciples. This whole encounter begins in John chapter 13. So he says, I am the true vine. Vine, which means that there are false vines. Whenever Jesus uses the word truly, truly or true something, he's distinguishing himself from the false. So there are false vines. There are counterfeits out there that represent growth and development, but not the kind of growth and development that comes from the life of God. Being tapped into that, grafted into that vine, we access the life that truly gives us human flourishing, longevity, and productivity. I am the true vine, he says, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear fruit more fruit. Let me just point out something very quickly. When he opens up and he says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away or he cuts off in King James language. He deals with that very decisively, but the rest of the chapter speaks specifically and primarily to those who bear fruit, those who have been fruitful, who have experienced a degree of fruitfulness and productivity in their relationship with God, their relationship with people, and their relationship with life. Notice what he says. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. The word prune means to to purify, to remove all hindrances to the full revelation of the ability, capacity, the talents and gifting that is inside of you. What you can accomplish, what you can achieve can be hindered hindered by those aspects of your life that are unproductive and simply sapping away the life that should go towards productivity. So to prune means to purify, to cleanse, to cut away the unproductive aspects of the tree or the plant, all right? In this case, the branch. Notice the objective, and this is important, because all purification is by way of crisis. I'll say it again. All purification is by way of crisis. You've heard, if you've been around CCC for any length of time, or exposed to the teachings of A.R. Bernard, right? And, of course, my mentor, Dr. Edward Lewis Cole. You know, you've heard it again and again. We live life on levels and we arrive in stages. I'll say it again. We live life on levels and we arrive in stages. So if you can picture steps climbing upward, right? Each elevation is movement transition to a new level. Each step represents a level and stages that move through the next point of elevation. So we live life on levels. We experience life on levels and stages. Stages take, uh, take us from one level to another. And as we go through each stage of life at another level, we are introduced to new relationships. We are introduced to a new level of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, a new level of responsibility that comes with that. And it requires a deepening of our character. Because as we move from one level to another, only character is holding those steps up. Only character, your character, can fortify what you're building and how you are moving. So, movement, transition, upward, to another level, requires renewal, revival. It requires purification. It requires cutting away those things that are unproductive so that you can be more productive. Remember the text here, that it may. He prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. So the idea of purification, pruning, revival, renewal, is to make you more efficient and more effective in your purpose in life. It is to remove those things that will hinder your growth and development. It's to free you from the weight of those things so that you can move through the next stages of life that is represented at another level. So again, human flourishing, thriving, productivity, Reaching your maximum level of productivity. You've heard me say it again and again. How tall can a tree grow? As tall as it can. And you don't know until it stops growing. And so it is in your life. How successful can you be? That's up to you as successful as you can, as successful as you're willing to invest the time, the effort, and the changes necessary to experience that success, to experience that productivity. We've got the whole year of 2023 ahead of us, and you want to make this a better year than last year. And you want each year to become better, even if you experience crisis in that year, even if you experience challenges in that year. You want to come out of it a better you because it's that better you that's invested in each subsequent year ahead. So, again, keep in mind purification, all purification is by way of crisis. And that happens to those who are fruitful and productive. God wants you to be renewed. Purification reveals the cracks. It is not something that we panic and freak out about. No, 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 no. We understand that whenever we're being pruned, whenever things are being cut away from us, whenever we're experiencing that as believers, we know that it's for our good. It reveals the deficiencies in our relationships, in our thinking, in our sense of purpose, in our value system. It reveals the deficiencies in how our life is organized, what we consider to be most important and how we prioritize our lives and relationships. It, 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 it ex- examines our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves to see if it's healthy, our relationship with people, with money, all of the things that make up the system of our life, that integrated system of our life is re-examined and re-evaluated during the process of purification. So purification, is not an enemy. Change is not an enemy for the believer. We embrace it, we welcome it, because we don't want things to remain the same in terms of our growth and development. Remember, life is learn, grow, contribute. Learn, grow, contribute. So as we move from one level to another, what are we doing? We're learning, we're growing, we're contributing. And we build up so at the next level, we can make a greater contribution. With greater learning, greater growth, we can make a greater contribution. So again, all purification is by way of crisis. Crisis reveals the cracks. It reveals the deficiencies. The areas of our lives that are weak and need to be shored up because the areas in which we are weak, we're also most vulnerable in. And that's what the devil is going to look for the areas of our vulnerability, and that's what he's going to attack. So God shores those things up to make you stronger, to make you better, not bitter, better. Very, very important. So again, all purification is by way of crisis. Crisis reveals the crack. For humanity, for human history, for the human existence, the cross, which interestingly enough, dissects our time. B.C., before Christ. A.D., after Christ. And we've changed it to get rid of Christ, to get God out of it. But the reality is we're still using him as the center point of God's divine intervention into human history and into the human experience. It was a crisis. You can't get a, a, a more phenomenal crisis, a greater crisis than the cross. And yet it took that Christ to purge humanity of its sins, to reconcile man back to God, to give a way of access and to restore human flourishing and put us back on a pathway towards the restoration of all things, the restoration of Eden and the conditions that God intended for human beings. Crisis. Jesus said that he essentially understood that through his suffering on the cross, Humanity would be redeemed. So out of that crisis would come new life, a new beginning. That's what this is all about when we talk about renewal and revival and movement from one level to another. So all purification by way of crisis, crisis reveals the crack. Crisis tells us those areas that we're weak in, that we're deficient in, that we need to shore up. Crisis reveals the areas of vulnerability. Vulnerability, that's very, very important. So, crisis is not the enemy. Purification is not the enemy. We embrace it, we welcome it, and we let it have its perfect work in our lives. It prepares us for the next level. So, we live life on levels. We arrive in stages, we experience it in stages. Again, we are purified so that we can go to that next level. And purification also comes after a season of disruption, which is what I referred to in the beginning of our conversation here. COVID-19, world pandemic, it affected us in ways that we still are still discovering, let's put it that way. And we will continue to discover the impact that it had on human society globally, especially here in America and in our lives individually. So crisis is about change, change for the better, movement to greaterness. Crisis takes us from the temporary to the permanent. Please get that. Crisis takes us from the temporary to the permanent. There are aspects of our lives that God is allowing temporarily. But his objective is to take you to those things that are to be foundational and more permanent in your life. Crisis moves us from the temporary to the permanent. It it moves us from the temporal to the eternal. And that's especially true in terms of relationships and values and sense of purpose. Because if our sense of purpose and our relationships are strictly earthly, then that is all temporal. We want it to be eternal, eternal relationships born of the spirit out of which we draw life and not death, a sense of eternal purpose out of which we serve God and humanity and do it in a way that it has long lasting value, long lasting impact. Further down in this this same chapter, chapter 15, Jesus says that not only do I want you to bear fruit but I want your fruit to remain. So he doesn't want a one-off. No, he wants you to do things that will continue to bear fruit again and again and again, even after you're gone. Understand that God thinks generationally. So what he's doing in your life, what he's crafting in your life is to bear fruit that generations not born yet can eat from especially in the context of your family, in ministry, in business, it's the same thing. That's what it's about. So crisis moves us from the temporary to the permanent, from the temporal to the eternal in terms of things and values and purpose, but it also moves us from the lesser to the greater. Our lives continue to move to greater levels of achievement, greater levels of accomplishment, greater levels of understanding, greater levels of wisdom, greater levels of relationship, greater levels of of managing uh, how we do life, greater levels and deeper levels, rather, of character, because that's so important. As I said before, it upholds who we are and what we do and sustains it. So it moves us from the lesser to the greater. And we all start out. Attached, attracted to things of lesser value until we understand what's really important, what the things of greater value are. And then we develop, and God develops in us, an appetite for those things, an attraction for those things. The Apostle Paul put it so beautifully when he said, Seek those things that are above, not beneath. Why? Because as we seek those things that are of higher value, we become transcendent in our thinking and in our practice and living out our faith. The Bible says that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But we have to dig it out. We have to do the work. It is hidden. We have to mine it out. Purification, renewal, revival, all speaks to those particular things. That movement from the temporal to the eternal, from the temporary, to the permanent, from the lesser to the greater. We move from those things that have that have deceived us to those things that are truth. And the truth begins to liberate us in ways that we never imagined. And that's what Jesus said. He is the truth, the truth that liberates. So let's take a look at revival and how it's going to play out this year in all that we do in the ministry here. Remember, it is a re-examining of purpose, relationships, and I'm gonna go through the list. It is a reawakening of passion, fervor, and creativity towards purpose. I'll say it again. Revival, renewal is a reawakening of passion, fervor, creativity, but all towards purpose. Not to be squandered, no, but to specific purpose. And I will tell you, when you're clear on your purpose, you're more focused, you are more efficient, you're more effective. You're not wasting time and resources on what doesn't matter. Too often we spend our lives majoring on the minor. Getting hung up and spending our time and effort on what really doesn't give us the greatest return on investments—it's true in things, and persons, and places, and relationships, etc. We are—we have a need to be focused if we're going to be effective and efficient. So let's dig a little deeper into this whole idea and process of renewal as it comes. All right. So, what are the five elements of renewal? I've taught this before, but this year, throughout our theme, uh, throughout the year, our theme, we'll dig deeper on this. And let me say this to you the reawakening of passion, fervor, and creativity by God is really instilling hope for the future. Because unless you have hope, you're not going to awaken to possibilities. Hope opens the mind to new creative possibilities. I'm gonna say that again. Hope awakens, opens the mind to new creative possibility. So part of revival and renewal is re-instilling hope, reawakening hope within us. I don't see how people can live without hope. Absolutely not. Hope is what fuels you. It is what stirs your heart and passion and creativity. When people feel hopeless, they will not awaken the potential inside of them. They will not awaken their talents and abilities. No, hope is intricately involved and infused in the whole idea of revival and renewal. He says to a people in captivity, the nation of Israel in captivity in Babylon in Jeremiah 29, he says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. To do you good and not evil, to give you hope for a better future. These were the words that God spoke to a people in captivity. And they would be in captivity for some 70 years. But God was speaking of renewal and revival, but giving them hope. Let me just give you some ideas uh, about hope, because hope has a powerful effect on the mind, the will, and the emotions. I'm going to say it again. Hope has a powerful effect upon the mind, the will, and the emotions. Hope will determine how you process what you're experiencing in life. If you are hopeful, you will see the good. You'll see the possibilities. If you are hopeless, you'll be blinded to the good. You'll be blinded to the possibilities and it will leave you in despair. Again, Hope has a powerful impact on the mind, the will, and the emotion. The will is a place of determined action, motivation. What motivates you? Hope will motivate you. It'll get you excited. Why? Because you're looking at what things can be, not getting stuck in and where, where things are. And it affects you emotionally. It stirs your passions, right? It gets you desiring to do more, to experience more, to take risks, which is called faith. So number one, hope opens the mind to new creative possibilities. Number two, hope motivates the will. You will not be motivated if you don't have hope. Number three, hope empowers you with joy that leads to courage because it takes courage to change. It takes courage to tap in to the capacity that you have inside of you and begin to use it and apply it. It takes courage to go through the purification that comes by way of crisis. It takes courage to step out in new frontiers. It takes courage to to lose the crutches that you've been leaning on, that have been propping you up in life. It takes courage. Hope empowers you with joy. You get excited about things. You get excited about life, about relationship, about purpose. And it leads to courage. And here's one more, one last thing. Number four, hope helps you heal faster. cannot tell you how many people going through crisis, going through crisis like we've gone through, become so wounded, so broken, that they're having trouble healing they're struggling to heal. Well, guess what? Hope helps you heal faster. You still have to heal. Doesn't just disappear. No, you have to go through a process, but hope will speed up the process of healing. So what does revival, what does renewal look like? What are the five elements? It begins on a personal level. Personal renewal is reevaluating your personal life beginning with your core values. Your values are what's important to you, what's most important to you, what do you stand for, what are you willing to pay the price for, and essentially, what are you willing to die for? That is important when it comes to the sense of purpose. Your core values, they are what drive you. You have to, and if you don't have them established here at Christian Cultural Center, and that the ministry's core values comes out of my personal core values, right? Because you can't separate the personal values of a leader from the values of the organization that that leader leads. They become one and the same. Exactly. So our core values here at CCC come out of my personal core values. Number one, faith. That is foundational to my life. Faith first. That is so important because out of my faith, it gives me, an understanding of what's important in life. It gives me the narrative that informs my my thoughts, my words, my motives, my actions, my attitudes. It informs how I, I relate to other people, how I relate to life in general. That's so, so important. My faith. My faith. My relationship with God. My relationship with other people. It gives me a set of principles that I live by. It allows me to grow, to mature to take responsibility for life. It allows me to, to have a set of principles that that, that, that that allow me to become decisive in life, to make decisions quickly and confidently because it's all based upon a set of life principles. It allows me to, to be consistent in how I live out my life before people, before my family, and of course, before God. It gives me a sense of strength because I know that my core values begins with something transcendent. I understand that I am part of something much greater than myself, that I embrace the interconnectedness of life and people and relationships. So it begins with personal renewal. It's a reevaluation of my core values. And if you don't have a set of core values that guide you, I'll I'll give you mine, come on. Number one, faith. Number two, family, the foundation for society, the first place of socialization. It's where faith begins to be lived out. So faith, family, education, true wealth is portable. If you're truly wealthy, you can take it with you. No matter where you go, you can rebuild. Even if you have a time of crisis, you can rebuild. And what is that true wealth? It's education. It's knowledge. That no one can take from you. That becomes yours for the rest of your life. True wealth is portable. It's education. You can take it with you. I'll say it again. True wealth is portable. It's education. It's knowledge. It's wisdom, understanding. No one can take that from you. And everywhere you go, you take it with you. And if you ever experience a crisis and and lose everything, you've got that knowledge, that wisdom, that understanding. You can rebuild. You can start all over again. You can rebound, you can revive, you can renew. And lastly, community. All life is about giving back. Earlier I said to you, life is about what? Learn, grow, contribute. So community means that you have a responsibility to give back, to take your gift, talents, and abilities and reinvest it in the community of people that were part of your success. Community, your family, your neighborhood, Uh, community at large, humanity at large. We've got to think beyond our little context. You know what I mean? Our little tribe. No, we're a part of something much greater. We're part of the human family. So my four core values, faith, family, education, and community. And those are the same values that are the core values of our, our ministry here, Christian Cultural Center. That's what keeps us going. Next thing. Under personal renewal, you have core values, core purposes. Why am I here? Why am I here? All right, and and here's why. Here's why. It's true in business, it's true in your personal life, it's true in ministry, it's true in government across the boards, right? We can get so involved in activities, but they're not achieving a purpose. And if we are involved in a multiplicity of activities, but not towards a specific outcome, then we're wasting our resources. The resources of time, money, energy, effort, people, relationships, et cetera, it's all being wasted. Purpose, having a set of core purposes directs how you engage life. Your core values guide your thinking. Your core purposes guide your activity. So you have to have a core purpose. Why are you here? And, and, and you say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm struggling to find my purpose, et cetera. You begin by identifying your design. Because whatever God's gifted you to do, he's purposed you to do. And whatever he's purposed you to do, he's gifted you to do. So find out your gifts. What are your talents? What are your abilities? What are your aptitudes? There's so many assessments out there that you can take hold of and identify what God has placed inside of you. Because that's where you discover your purpose. Where your gift, talents, and abilities meet a human need, you are now at the intersection of purpose. And that's where you discover it. So... Core values, core purposes, right? And lastly, uh, well, no, we got two more. Under personal renewal, your priorities. Reordering your activities. Are you spending major time on minor things and not really moving your life forward? It's going to take you longer to get there. Are you allowing yourself to get, get sidetracked by detours, unnecessary detours, all right? reordering your life. Remember, however you organize your life, however you order your life establishes what? How you arrange your life creates a rhythm. That rhythm establishes a pattern. And when it becomes a pattern, it become re- recurring tendencies that you will end up doing. It'll become so automatic. Even if it's not good, it will be automatically bad for you. So you've got to say, well, Do I want these patterns in my life? What are they creating? Am I getting the outcome that I want? If I'm not, then I've got to go back and say, okay, maybe my priorities are off. I need to reorder my life. Genesis is all about when it says, and the earth was, Genesis chapter 1, okay? And the earth was void and without form. That is simply meaning, without form means it didn't have specific order. Void means empty. So what did God do? he ordered the universe, and then he filled it. And he did it in a way so that it can be fruitful, productive, flourish, that the systems will be in place to perpetuate themselves. So personal renewal and revival begins with your core values, your core purposes, your priorities, and lastly, your personal commitments. What are you committing your resources to? Your talent to? Your time to? Your finances to? What are you committing to? If you don't think about that, all right, then you can be committed to things that are not going to give you a return on your investment. Here it is. Elements of renewal begin. Personal renewal. Core values, core purposes, priorities. And let me tell you something. Jesus, when he met people, he always dealt with them in the depths of their understanding of themselves and their sense of purpose. The woman at the well, he challenged her lifestyle. She wanted to make it theological. He brought it home to where she lived and where she functioned. And guess what? It, she re-examined, as a result of her encounter with Jesus, she re-examined her core values. She re-examined her sense of purpose. She reprioritized her life and she changed her personal commitment. It was true. Also with Zacchaeus. You remember Zacchaeus? He was a tax collector. He was exploiting the people and lawfully under the Roman government. All right, And tax collectors were hated. But after his encounter with Jesus, what did he do? He, he, he had a revolution. He changed his core values. What was important to him at one time was no longer important. In fact, he responded by saying, what I've stolen, I am going to restore Uh uh, you know, I've exploited people, I'm going to now give to those that I've exploited. He had an amazing change in his core values and his core purposes, his sense of purpose in life was no longer for everything for him. It was now He understood. It reawakened inside of him a sense that I'm part of something much greater. There's an interconnectedness between me and other people. It changed his personal commitment. I can go on with story after story after story, encounter after encounter, but know that when they encounter Jesus, all right, they experience all of this. We started with this one, and we're going to work this whole year through the rest of these in greater detail. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about getting this, this year started, um, opening with what I'm sharing with you. And let me tell you something. It all begins with your personal relationship with God who revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. We celebrated Christmas we celebrated God's gift to humanity. Christ was the gift of God. God did not respond by once again destroying all of humanity like he did with the flood. No, he responded in love by giving his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have Everlasting life, eternal life. It's amazing how one choice can move you from the temporal to the eternal. Simply believing that Christ actually came on this planet. That's history. But when he died on that cross, he died for the remission of your sins. The forgiveness of your sins. And when he rose from the dead, he rose as proof that what he did was effective was accomplished and that you now through his power can live out a new life in him and begin to leave that old neighborhood of sin and death that you used to live in and begin to live according to the spirit and by the spirit of God. So I want to pray for you. If you've never made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ, I want to pray for you. And then the next step, of course, is to be baptized in water to show the outward expression of that inward commitment of faith. But let's begin right here. Father, thank you for every hearer, every listener who joined us this morning, who's starting this year, 2023. I pray that there will be an anointing of renewal and revival in their lives and in their orbit, everything that, that they touch, Father, that you will now begin to breathe renewal and the spirit of renewal and revival in them. And it will begin to affect their personal life. It'll begin to affect their relationships. It'll begin to affect their sense of purpose. It will begin to affect how their life is structured and organized. It will begin to affect the impact that they have on culture. Lord, I pray this in a deep way that you will just take this message And burn it into their hearts. And for those who have never made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Your word is clear in Romans chapter 10. That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in how our heart. That he rose from the dead. We shall be saved. Salvation. You made it simple. So that anyone could embrace it. And become a part of your kingdom. And your family. So just pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I thank you for this opportunity to open my heart to your grace, your love, which came to me through the gift of Jesus Christ. I believe not only that Christ lived, but that he died on the cross for my sins. And by believing in him, I receive forgiveness of sins and through his resurrection, which I believe in, a new life begins for me in your kingdom and in relationship with you. God, thank you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me your ways. Put me in a community of faith, a community of believers, a community of people with like precious faith so that I can grow in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding if you prayed that prayer for the first time you have just passed from death into life according to the scripture from the sincerity of your heart God heard that prayer and his love is now being communicated to the depths of your being thank you for being with us today let's look forward with hope as I said to experiencing all the possibilities that life can all offer in Christ in this world in which we live. And you know how we end every service here at Christian Cultural Center with these words, this proclamation. Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. A blessed new year to you and your family. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure... Subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.